Hello and welcome to the 148th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show we interview video game developers and ask them how they made to start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Starpoint Gemini Warlords, by Little Green Men Games. Zeno. Hey man! Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, I'm Zeno, and I'm community manager in Little Green Man Games, and we are responsible for Starpoint Gemini franchise, and it's the th- it's three games now, yeah. The last one was released uh, this May. And you released the second one for free last weekend or something, a couple of weekends ago. It's awesome, right? Yeah, this. yeah. This is our this is our awesome forex game, which it is, by the way, everyone. This is an amazing strategy game, very deep, very involving, extraordinary universe they've created, um, full of politics and terrible people. <laughs> no yeah, but we are afraid. We are, we are afraid to call it forex uh, uh, since we have like Stellaris or Master of Orion or even Endless Space Two, which uh, came out recently, because we are not full blown forex, but we do have forex uh, elements. I wanted to call you a grand strategy game more than a 4X game. Yeah, and there are more strategy elements, yeah, true. Yes, so I think it's more that. But Warlords isn't like that at all. It's related to the same universe, filled with the same terrible people. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that later, because I find it fascinating, this universe you created. You don't seem to have a lot of faith in humanity. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> our, our writer doesn't. <laughs> Well, yes, it's quite extraordinary. Considering recent political events in my own home, uh, yes, I can see why that would be. Um, <laughs> so how did you make your start in, in, the, in the video game industry? Because uh, uh, you, you just said we were talking before the show um, that you that started two or three years ago. So, so give us a bit of a potted history, sir. Well... I did start back in 1986 uh, on my Sinclair's uh, ZX Spectrum and uh, I was just a gamer and I was a gamer for years to come. Uh, I always wanted to enter the, to enter the, the gaming industry, uh, but I just had a chance like three years ago with Starpoint Gemini 2. And for the rest of our uh, LGM team, I can just say that uh, it just started as a dream of three brothers and their friend. And they had no previous game development experience. Uh, They were learning as they were making the game. So you can imagine how many mistakes they did and how many screw-ups they had uh, during that development. Uh, But actually, it was a good thing because they learned something. They released Starpoint Jam in a game and... Whatever they earned with that game was pure, um, pure income, pure money, because they didn't have any uh, budget for the game. They were doing, uh, the, making the game in their mother's kitchen for like two or three years, and then they released it. So uh, earning, uh, earnings from Starpoint Gemini 1, from original Starpoint Gemini, uh, gave them the opportunity to start up their own company and start doing games uh, for a living. And that's how we started on Starpoint Gemini 2. And uh, Starpoint Gemini 2 was uh, started by four people and finished by ten. So the company uh, started to, to, to grow. And uh, currently we have 25 uh, people in the company which made uh, Starpoint Gemini Warlord. So 
you can live uh, in gaming industry and by doing games. That's definitely uh, one of the most uh, awesome jobs you can get. It's a fascinating story. You say you started off with four and you ended up with 25. And it certainly shows um, that the, the, the Warlords is uh, it's, it's a terrific game. I really like it. It does all the things that I like to do in, in games. It's got mm. the minutiae and it's got the grand universe in front of you as well. It's got scales extraordinarily well. One minute you're tweaking a, an engine to make it just a little bit faster. The next minute you're flying across the universe, hurtling across space, ramming into stuff. <laughs> Well, it's all thanks to community, because uh, to be honest, Starpoint Gemini Awards was from the start a community-driven project. Uh, it's not Starpoint Gemini 3, no. because we felt we felt that Starpoint Gemini 3 should be a grandiose uh, game that will just eat Star Citizen and Elite for breakfast. And we, are, we were not ready for that uh, at the time. But also, uh, we had so many fantastic community suggestions uh, post-release of Starpoint Gemini 2. Uh, that you just couldn't fit into the game. Like, uh, we, ha we want a much bigger universe. We want to be able to conquer uh, territory, have our own base. Uh, those were all community suggestions that would, could not be uh, implemented in the Starpoint Gemini 2 post-release. And so we said uh, at one point, well, the, uh, the community wish list is so huge that just why shouldn't we just make a new game? A game that will be much more than just an expansion to, to Starpoint Gemini 2. Let's make a game that will be a different game, that will introduce new features, new mechanics that we never uh, had in our game before. So that's how we came uh, to, to realize that it would be a best uh, approach to just start a new game, uh, tweak our engine, make it better, uh, give people uh, hyper-threading, uh, 4K support, uh, better universe, more ships, uh, better graphics, better sound, and so on. And, of course, dedicated soundtrack, I have to say that our soundtrack now is fantastic. Uh, it was composed by a very talented Serbian uh, composer, Nikola Nikita Jeremic, and it's also available in deluxe version of the game. So you're based out in Croatia, is that right? Yeah, okay. it's in Croatia, in Zagreb, it's the capital of Croatia, okay. and we switched offices uh, several times because as we grow, uh, grew up, uh, we need more and more space for our beta testers and all the new new people who can come, who came to the company. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, more and more games of over the last twenty, maybe fifteen years, something like that. It's definitely been like wait, Eastern Europe and and. And, and the Balkans and, 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 Russia, and Russia as well. All those part of the world. It's like, yeah, we've been making games as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> uh, if you can uh, remember. It sounds fast. Uh, I think one of the. But, you know, but it's just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but I think one of the first games that uh, was from the Eastern Europe and that really showed uh, how awesome Eastern European game can be is Mafia, I think. The first Mafia was made in Czech Republic or, or Poland. I don't remember anymore, but it was one of the first games that actually entered the mainstream and entered the almost triple-A uh, AAA, uh, market with yes. Mafia, yes. original Mafia. And then he had, of course, you got The Witcher, that series. Yeah, of uh, course, yeah. Lest we forget, we couldn't do that without. They've done a, Poland, have done, done, a, done a great job for Poland, that, that game. Yeah, true, true. Said. Um, 
I know it's a very different culture. Very, very different culture. I know that. I know that. I know that. But uh, it's still uh, regarded, whether right or wrongly, as part of Eastern Europe. Yeah. And currently, uh, sorry. Uh, and currently, I'm really amazed how many uh, how many game developer teams are currently working in the Balkan region, in Croatia, in Serbia. Uh, I mean, you have Helion, which is a space game, uh, Newtonian physics, uh, full realistic, and yeah. fantastically, uh, fantastically, uh, fantastic community uh, is in that game already and it's still in early access and they're also on Steam, they're Serbian team uh, you have uh, the Red Solstice which is a Croatian co-op uh, game that is also well received by community so there are really like 20, 20 or more uh, teams in the region that are currently living by making games. Fantastic, that's really good I mean, we in the UK, and we've been doing this for decades and decades. You know that. Course, I mean, you, yeah. you talked about Spectrum. I mean, yes, it's the... Yeah, of course. Well, it wasn't <laughs> my first computer, because I'm, I'm very old. So my first computer was a ZX81. Would you know what that is, too? That is the predecessor yeah, of, of the Spectrum. But have you heard about the new Spectrum coming out? There's a, something called a Spectrum Next? Uh, not about Spectrum Next, but I know the retro, retro gaming computers or what's the company called? The uh, made Spectrum Vega, and yeah. there were some issues, issues it's with legal, it's legal a, issues. Yeah, it's not that. It's a separate team. Uh, oh, and yeah, it's a completely separate team, and they're making a brand new Spectrum, a genuine Spectrum computer. <laughs> Oh, cool! I I didn't heard about that. I mean, I was uh, I was backing up uh, Spectrum Vega on Kickstarter. Yeah, this one, so... this one, this was this wasn't yeah that was on Indiegogo, but this is on Kickstarter, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was very successful. It raised about seven hundred and fifty pounds, seven hundred fifty thousand pounds. Oh, cool! And it's coming out in August as a simple board, which you can put into a Spectrum, and then in January next year as a full blown machine. So it, oh, it, cool, it has cool. it has an ZX. Well, it doesn't have a ZX team. It emulates, kind of emulates, but it's FBLA stuff. But basically, it's yeah. it it runs the ZX processor twice as fast what it can. So it can run yeah. these old games, but they they become really fluid. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So cool. I'll definitely check it yeah, out. I'll, yeah. I'll send you a link at the end of the show. But uh, sure, sure, sure. And you mentioned Spectrum. I thought, yeah, I grew up with that too. And also in Eastern Europe, you had a lot of clones of that machine, didn't you? Um, in Russia, and they had a lot of cl Spectrum clones come out. In, in well, I'm not sure. I know I, I had the original. Cool. I had the original oh, okay. yeah. uh, 16K, I think. Right. It was, yeah. And later I moved on uh, Amiga 1200, and yes. wow. I mean, I still have my Amiga 1200. I installed uh, CF uh, card in it and <laughs> installed Workbench, and it's working. Yeah, it's and amazing. It's working perfectly. They shouldn't be. You and I know they yeah. were designed to last five years, not yeah. 25 years, but it's still, yeah. they still go, they still go. And it's working perfectly, yeah. And yeah. I have my Nintendo Game Boy from 1989, yeah, and it's still working. <laughs> it still and works. I have my Super Mario and The Hunt for Red October and yeah. some of those games. As I said, I'm gamer first, game developer second. Yeah, which... Just does. for the sheer amount of time I invested in my life in gaming. <laughs> so. so I'm going to ask you this next question, and uh, this next one's a bit hard to answer and every time I ask it, it it becomes harder and harder for me to do so but I'm going to try anyway you are creators you're representing uh, little, little green men games so I'm going to ask you this question what do you believe influences you as creators what is your biggest influence uh, well it's not that hard to answer because oh, 
the core team of LGM games are mainly uh, space gamers. Like uh, I mentioned, uh, the brothers that uh, founded the company and their friend, they're all space gamers. And I'm a space gamer too. We all grew up on uh, Starfleet Command, uh, Star Trek, uh, movies and series, Star Wars. So all those uh, TV series and shows uh, impacted uh, the way we think and how we... Uh, I don't know, spend our time and we're all nerds and geeks and sci-fi geeks. So basically it were all, uh, all those uh, series and shows were influ uh, influenced our way of uh, thinking and creative thinking. So you can see those influences in our games uh, as well, of course. Absolutely. I can definitely see as lots of sort of cues from everything from, may I say, Battle but there's a little bit about Star Galactica going on. Yeah, of course. Uh, and Bridge Commander, and Starfleet Command, and Original Elite. I mean, I start, that was my first game. Elite well, uh, was my first game in 1986 on my ZX Spectrum. Yeah, so. yeah. I, it wasn't my first game, but it was one of the... In fact, one of the very first games I played was a game called Star Trail. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is basically Star Trek, but they couldn't call it Star Trek because they didn't have the license. So they called oh, it Star oh, Trail. Cool. <laughs> and it was you flying around in a spaceship killing, you know aliens because they weren't like you <laughs> all so well, yeah you know that's a nice way of spending your life just roaming around the galaxy killing aliens, killing aliens so. yeah because they're not <laughs> like you and uh, no I, I, I we had a magnificent time playing it was a really really basic thing um but it was like entrancing you know people just enthralled by this weird little weird little game uh, and i remember playing it for hours and uh so, yes, uh, there's definitely, I can see, I mean, there's been millions of them. I mean, everything from Master of Orion to yeah, the, the, the X-Wing flight simulators. Do you remember those? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, I played it, I think, a month ago, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Oh, really? Again. How's yeah, it hold up? Yeah. Is it all right? Is it okay? Uh, it's working okay. I was afraid if that old game will work on Steam, uh, but it's working on Steam. It's working perfectly, and I managed to to set up my HOTAS, uh, Trustmaster T-Flight uh, HOTAS X, I think it's called, I, I, the full I, I name. I'm deeply jealous. Uh, um, I, yeah. don't, I, I mean, I'm playing Kelly Dangerous with it, and I tried, well, let's try some older game, and it's working. It's working nice. Excellent. So... You know, so what about sort of fiction? You mentioned fiction such as Star Wars and that sort. Of, what about literature? Like, you know, did you look at Dune or did you look at? Well, actually, there is some of Dune going on in this in in, in your games as well. You can feel many, many. Uh, you can see many sci-fi uh, elements from many books because. And the other thing that you can see is that constant uh, battle between. Uh, uh, good and evil uh, and uh, Mario who is the CEO of LGN Games and he was also a writer of Starpoint Gemini 2 campaign okay. um, you could see some uh, historical references and he's actually a history teacher uh, this is not he's not a game developer and he did not finish a school for game developers he graduated as uh, he finished the university as a history teacher yeah. so you could see some historic influences and some people uh, said that they could uh, see the empire in Star Point Gemini 2 being close to uh, Nazi Germany and stuff like that so Anyone can see some of those influences from history, from movies, from uh, series, but mostly sci-fi uh, games and uh, series and TV shows and, of course, movies. What's the best thing to learn from human condition, isn't it? Is history. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, the, the, definitely. The truth is definitely stranger than fiction. That's a cliche yeah. because it's true. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and you know, I, I recently listened to a podcast called um, uh, Hardcore History, where they detail the history of of World War One, uh, hmm. which I know is very close to, to your part of the world. What we kind of kicked off. I say kind hmm. of. It did. Uh, and, yeah, definitely. Um, horrible. It should never have happened. You and I know this. Yeah. That, that should yeah. ne- none of it should have it shouldn't have happened um, but it never gets uh, I think it never gets old I mean no, just no. open history channel and you still have uh, I don't know like 10 different shows about Hitler yeah so it never gets old no. so, so, so th- World War one or World War two yeah. thematics is always popular I mean you have Verdun it's uh, oh, I think yeah. I spelled it wrongly it's a game on uh, available on Steam yeah, it's Verdun. an indie game I know more yeah. about the Battle of Verdun than the video game but that's probably a good thing but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> something that really shouldn't have happened that was terrible terrible uh, yeah, but to, to make a video game out of it is very brave so fair dues to them but anyway brilliant excellent answer we have a whole raft of answers to that question and my biggest fear is that it's a bit nebulous but every developer of every guest i've had on the show said no it's not it's perfectly sound and, and a fair question what does influence me as a creator and you've come back with excellent response so thanks for that of course yeah so i mean everyone has uh, their own influences and and ideas and i mean we are all creative to to some point but uh I don't know. In Warlords, maybe just not uh, that much of our creativity and our background, but also our community backgrounds. Mm. Because so many features in Warlords were just community-suggested features that had nothing to do with us or our ideas. So uh, now you have influences from people all around the world that uh, are from different ages and different backgrounds and different cultures even. Uh, So... Yeah, it's, I think, more interesting this way. Yeah. For Starpoint Gemini 2, we can pretty much tell you uh, what were our uh, influences for creating the game, but also there were many uh, community features uh, that were later added uh, during early access. But in Warlords, we just gave proof of concept at the start, and people really kicked in with fantastic ideas and suggestions during the during the year. So that's really great to hear. It's definitely it's definitely not just our influence or anymore or our ideas. It's just a mixed uh, the whole mix of ideas uh, all around the world. Yeah, basically, it's like it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely guilty as charged. <laughs> basically, it's pushing out like yeah, it's your fault. What? No, you you thought of you said this. We put it in. This is your fault. And it's wonderful. Yeah, true, yeah, yeah. true. So, um, not a negative way. Please don't think that. No, it's course, quite funny. It's just like this. This this feature is awesome. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I blame them for everything. Yeah, Our everything. community is perfect. We have a perfect, kind, mature uh, space game veterans in our community, and it's really nice to have. And. Uh, even more nicer thing is having people from Starpoint Gemini 1 and Starpoint Gemini 2 coming back for Warlords because it means that we did something good. I mean, we did screw up many things and made mistakes, uh, but they stood with us uh, all this time, and that's nice to have. So my next question, again, is a little bit difficult to answer, I think, because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> but the question is, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Uh, well... It can be I a can company just, rather than a person. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, it, it can just be my, uh, I mean, this is just my personal is, yeah. uh, view. I mean, we have 25 people in the team yeah. and everybody has their own, uh, their own favorites. Uh, my personal favorites currently, uh, I had just a, a fantastic uh, response and support from Frontier. I have to say that. Right. Uh, because just a little anecdote, uh, I wanted to buy Elite 30th uh, anniversary T-shirt, and it was limited, and it was available on Frontier Store. Okay. It was like uh, two years ago, and I just couldn't pay for it. They couldn't expect, uh, uh, they couldn't accept my uh, payment option. It was bugged on their uh, Frontier Store for some reason, and I went to Gamescom uh, like few days after that because we were. We were showcasing Starpoint Gemini 2 back there. Right. And uh, I just went to Elite Dangerous uh, booth and I said and explained what's the problem and that, that I would like to buy the shirt. And they say, yeah, but it's just limited edition available on Frontier Store. And I said, well, what can I do? Uh, just tell me your commander name, sir, please. And I said my commander name. It's female character. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I wish I could do that. I can't. Yeah, I, and then, I, I, and then, I can't do what they call. Forgive the audience. It's a generic phrase. It sounds a bit demeaning. It's called gender bending. It's not, but it basically means you're playing another gender than your own. I can never do it personally, but uh, I've yeah. Fair I point. like that. I don't know. Yeah, I like fair that. Uh, I mean, don't worry about it. in 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 most okay, it's not in uh, in elite. You cannot see your character yet. Um, yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can in Hollow Me uh, feature, but you cannot see it yet. And uh, in World of Warcraft or all other yep. games that I played, I just didn't want to stare at males as. For nine years, there it is. because I played nine years of World of Warcraft, so I had uh, female characters, and I just stared at female asses, <laughs> yeah, I, I and it, it was just, it. just it was just like a normal thing to do. <laughs> just I do not want to to stare at guys' ass no, for like nine years. That's that's fine. And yeah, and to get back on the story, yeah. and they just said, please give me your commander name, and I said, okay, they may they will maybe get back to me. I don't know. It was just like so crowded and Gamescom, and they just wrote it on some post-it no uh, post-it. Uh, piece of paper and it was like two weeks after that i just received that t-shirt free of charge free of any shipping cost or anything in my mail uh in uh, croatia and i just made a huge uh huge response not just on frontier forums but also on our starpoint gemini uh facebook page and just said this is what i would like us to become when we had uh, when we have 200 or more than 200 people in my uh, in our company mm to still have that uh, human approach and that kind of respect to your community. Yeah, because we are doing it now, but there are 25 of us. It's harder to do that when you have a million or more people in your fan base and there are 200 of uh, developers. It's hard to maintain that uh, and keep that human approach uh, to people and just have that human touch and they're making multiple and, games and they still have that they're making more yeah of course they have yeah they have planet coasters and everything coasters, yeah. <laughs> yeah so basically that's my favorite uh developer so far and so far they did not disappoint me uh i mean they did had uh, they made some mistake, uh, mistakes uh, during uh, elite development but they're listening to community and they're changing things and they're constantly talking to people so yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's my my uh, personal favorite is Frontier at the moment. Exactly. But of course, I have Team Seventeen. I grew up on their arcade pool on Amiga and on Worms, 
uh, and I've met uh, Kevin, who was a uh, uh, creative director on First Worms and yeah. Worms director Scott, and I met him at Gamescom, and he's also a great guy. Uh, sensible Software. I grew up on games like uh, Sensible World Soccer and Wizball and Cannon Fodder, and I've met uh, John Hare, so he's also one of my favorites. So, of course, there are many of them. Brian Fargo, I mean, I can just go on and on, but I would say Frontier as a complete developer uh, who still has that fantastic uh, community support and uh, it's is fully engaged with their community and is making uh, a games on a higher level. So yeah, I think the when when Elite Dangerous first came out, most reviewers didn't understand. They didn't understand the release module or, or, or model in that they were yeah. going to release bits of it over a long period of time. Couldn't comprehend this, even though they were told and explained to them because it was so alien. They go, no, this this is not going to work because they thought it was going to be episodic. But you can't do an episodic space game, so they went, well, this, this, there's no content, there's no game here. Like, give it time. And yeah, now yeah. look at it. It's it's night and day from what it was. Yeah. But it's uh yeah, it's an excellent answer. Um, you're good at this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, I, I can only applaud their bravery and uh, also love the fact, just as an aside, back to Elite Dangerous, the fact that um I mean I'm not particularly um favor one platform over another I'm just going to stress this but the fact that the they released the aliens they finally discovered the aliens or a player discovered an alien vessel a very very alien yeah. vessel and the, the player who did it wasn't on the PC he was on Yeah he was on Xbox yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just wonderful like yep he was just using the Xbox controller <laughs> Just like to find targoids, to, yeah, to, to right. To find the targoids, they're like, well, yeah. whatever they are, they don't actually say that. Yeah, right. we'll yeah, see, we'll, we'll see. see soon enough. But it feels a bit Arthur C. Clarke-like. Uh, in other words, they're aliens that look almost magical, um, so yeah. it doesn't really can't really comprehend them, which is probably spot on, really. Yeah. I mean, somebody, uh, somebody would uh, would say that I'm stupid for talking about Elite now and everything, but I think that it's great that we have so many different games. I mean, oh. there is uh, no way or no reason not to play Starpoint Gemini Warlords uh, and Elite Dangerous and at the same time play, uh, I don't know, Endless Space 2 yeah. or Everspace. Because yes, uh, Everspace, yeah, uh, I mean, people are, uh, people are often uh, comparing all those games and I'm I just don't understand it because uh, Everspace is just uh, it's a, it's a fighting game, dog fighting, highly highly paced, uh, fantastic game, and it's a roguelike game. Uh, you have Elite Dangerous, which is a flight simulator yeah. and a bit uh, procedural generated world. Yes. Then you have a classic 4X game, uh, which is Endless Space uh, 2. And then you have Starpoint Gemini Warlords, uh, which is a blend of several genres, but it's also ha it also has uh, its own unique uh, features and and um, I don't know mechanics that are not present in any of the other uh, mentioned games. No, really I mean, uh, or or uh, the people are often comparing us to Rebel Galaxy, and I don't understand it. I mean, Rebel Galaxy is basically Assassin's Creed for Black Flag in space. It's uh, Naval combat to the uh, game. Yeah, 
And it's awesome. I mean, I, I, oh, I love I'm Rebel you, Galaxy. I'm glad you like it because I was a bit worried because we had them on as guests about 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Travis and Eric. I talked to Travis Baldry. Oh, and he's an, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah lovely, they're, they're fantastic people, yeah. lovely people. Yeah. Uh, they really made a fantastic uh, game. It's on the but PS4 as well. It's awesome. Yeah, but if we are comparing mechanics, it's more similar to Assassin's Creed because it had yeah. broad uh, side turrets, uh, guns, yeah, and it's you in 2D plane. The only, yeah. the only way to do it is you broadside everything. It's like, yeah. that's fine, but in Starpoint Gemini, you can do that a bit, but really, no. <laughs> no, it's a different, uh, it's a, it's not a better or a worse game, it's just a different, different mechanic. So but, there is no reason why not to pick up Rebel Galaxy and play Rebel Galaxy yes. and then come to Starpoint Gemini Wallers because those are two different games and two completely different experiences. And structurally, they're very different. Structurally, they're fundamentally yeah. different. Yeah. One yeah. is way more freeform than the other. Way more. Yeah. You're, you know, it's the Warlords, you can go where you like pretty much. You'll die. But yeah. You can. yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but you can do that, you know. Um, yeah. But um, speaking of other games, that's a segue, by the way, although it's not a segue anymore because I've just said it's a segue. Um, <laughs> uh, what are you playing right now? Uh, what am I playing right now? Yeah. Uh, on, on which console? <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't. It could be. I mean, I'm playing on Game Boy Micro for, at the moment for reasons, but <laughs> oh. yeah. Uh, I'm currently not playing on Game Boy. I'm currently playing uh, Batman uh, Lego Lego Batman on my PS Vita. Okay. I'm playing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I just started Horizon Zero Dawn on uh, PS4. Um, I'm playing uh, Gwent on Xbox okay. One. Right. And what? What? Uh, I played Beholder on Steam. Okay. It's a great, a great uh, small um, indie game that uh, reminds me of Papers, Please and uh, This War of Mine because it has that communist dark, uh, dark atmosphere. I don't know how to explain. How to? I've to, always to, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. You're basically. Uh, uh, I don't know, you are in a building and you have to spy on the residents of the building and report them to the I government which then this. Uh, this yeah, is which beats them and evicts them and of course uh, you are just injected with some kind of serum that allows you not to need any sleep so you can just basically spy on them day and night uh, but you have to care for your child and get money and blackmail them uh, report them so they can get beaten up and evicted or shot. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, saw a it's really do this. That she sat there, and she eventually shopped his uh, the, the the character his his son. Mm -hmm. She basically shopped him his own son <laughs> to the authorities. Yeah, and he yeah. got he yeah. got arrested and dragged away. Right, because yeah, it's really dark. It's really dark. Game, and he, went, and he went back yeah. in to see his wife, and his wife just shot him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, so far, I did not uh, report my son or or daughter or yeah, my do wife. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't. Uh, but yeah, it's really, it's really, uh, it's yeah. a fantastic game. It has that special atmosphere. But I'm trying to to play everything, and I don't have uh, enough time to play everything. No. So I'm just starting here and there on each console and I just returning. Highly, yeah, I would highly recommend you carry on with uh, Zero Dawn. That game, the Gorilla have done an amazing job 
of turning around their reputation for being the kill zone shooty shooty bang bang game people to yeah. making this amazing story and this amazing yeah uh, uh, guerrilla games really really amazed me with uh, yeah. horizon though i'm only like three or four hours in uh but I already am afraid of continue playing it because I know I will not be able to stop. No. <laughs> and I'm afraid yeah. of that. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many things to do around the game and around the main story. And just, uh, I, I think I spent an hour just uh, hunting rabbits in yeah. Horizon well, the other yeah. day. What a, what a time to be alive. This first half of this year for games has been ridiculous. Yeah. Straight up ridiculous. It's just relentless. It just keep, they keep coming, these amazing, amazing games. I personally blame Zelda. <laughs> that yeah, okay, it. I don't have Nintendo Switch at this time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would definitely like to, to play Zelda. Yeah, yeah, I, well, don't play that at the same time as Zero Dawn. It's a bad idea. Don't, don't do that. Because oh, they're, okay. they're very different games. They're both open-world games. And then you get okay, so one uh, one would kill my day and the other would kill my night. Indeed, yeah. yeah <laughs> you okay. Would, you'll have to have that serum. <laughs> yeah, definitely, from Beholder. <laughs> So that's fantastic! What well, what a great roster of games! I uh, I need to pick up Beholder actually. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, uh, definitely recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of the first half of the show. Well done, you made it! Yay! Oh, great, great! <laughs> and I'm so, still alive. You're still alive? Yeah, it's kind of like boss monsters and stuff. So you, the first five questions are relatively easy because they're all about you, but the next five not so easy. At least well, you should be easy because you know all about what I'm going to talk about, which is. Starpoint Gemini Warlords. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first question. It's not actually a question. It's called the zeroth question. Um, it's basically I'm asking you what is Starpoint Gemini Warlord? And I don't know how to answer that because it's a blend of so many genres and we shoveled up so many features in it. It's it's a part I mean it does have four X elements. So exploit, check, exterminate, definitely check. Um, I mean Explore, exploit, everything is there, but it's not uh, like a turn-based uh, strategy. Um, 
it does have some strategy elements because at some point of the game, uh, as you gradually progress uh, through the game, you do start to conquer uh, some parts of the galaxy and manage your uh, fleet and uh, manufacture more ships. And uh, so you have that micromanagement part where you really need to to, to be tactical and to think about uh, what, what part of your border is endangered and what part is not and how to go with diplomacy because we have diplomacy too. Uh, and basically we have RPG element, not just because you can level up and gain experience points, but because you have uh, skill points and perk points and you can make your character builds or ship builds. So uh, yeah, it's a blend of genres. Uh, it's not so much space simulator as it's a tactical combat simulator with RPG and Forex elements. That would be maybe the best uh, way to describe it. You start off with the game, I don't want to sort of do any spoilers because this game has so much depth to it. It branches out relatively quickly, but you, you ultimately are a captain, commander, captain, captain, commander, yeah. of or a, warlord, or warlord, warlord or of uh, of a spaceship, which yeah. eventually you get given some really rubbish little thing. No, it's no offense, but it's not. Quite yeah, of course, good. No, it's actually quite good as a ship to start off with. But no, we, but yeah. we were mean bastards. We were mean bastards. Uh, in <laughs> tutorial, in tutorial, we yeah. show you how the game can look like in later stages. We gave yeah. you a good ship. We gave yeah. you, uh, we gave you uh, better weapons. And yeah. then when you just uh, start to pawn everything, then we strip you all of it and just give you the starting crappy yeah. ship and it's, say, now go and do what you want. It's a classic trope of yeah, um, of uh, video games. Like it's still rude this, and mean. It's rude it, and mean. <laughs> it is rude and mean. Is this is all this awesome stuff you could do in twenty yeah. hours? <laughs> yeah, true, true. So stay with us after uh, refund us. policy. After refund policy expires. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, I think it's a wonderful way of doing. It. I don't mind, and it, there is it is a bit insulting, but I, I get it. I get it. Cause you I mean, we just didn't. A, yeah, uh, kidding aside, we did, we did not want. Uh, it's a complex game. It really is a complex games and we did, uh, game, and we did not want to to just clutter everything and uh, throw everything uh, at the player uh, from the early beginning. No. So it's just a glimpse of what the game can become later, and then it's back to starting points. Now you can, uh, you know how to fly the ship, you know how to shoot, and now you have your missions and just take it slowly from here. It is. It's. What I'm going to stress upon the audience now is that you are controlling the ship. You're not, it's direct control. You're not using a mouse to, 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 to have with an icon zooming out and letting the ship do its thing. You pilot the yeah. ship. Yeah. Sorry, there's the word I was looking for. You pilot the ship, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Even you have a crew. You have you can upgrade the ship. You can do all sorts of things, and when, and it grows, and you get different ships, and you trade in your old ship, and it's brilliant. It's got all that. It's all there. Yeah, but our motto is strategy from the front lines because uh, even when you send your fleet uh, to conquer enemy space yeah. uh, or part of enemy territory, you can always jump in. You can always yes. jump there, enter that fight, and if you're losing, just turn the tide or uh, just be at the front lines at any any time. So, my first design question then, and I've been fascinated by this after playing it for so long, because I found this the most tricky part to overcome, because that's what I want to talk to you about, is I want to talk to you about the control scheme for Starpoint Gemini Warlords. Is that I, I, I interpret it thus. I believe it is split between two control systems. One has a rotating camera, 
with a direct control and one has an interface manipulation so basically you 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 hit space and it changes over to something else where you actually yeah. have a mouse icon you can actually click on things and and, and dialogue boxes and things to, to to change the 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 status of the ship make it more powerful in engines and more powerful weapons and also all do all sorts of things i just want could you talk me through how that has evolved how has that developed well, also uh, mostly with community feedback, because uh, first we, we just made the controls as we think they're just playable and good enough. And then people said, well, uh, bug off with it. This, this is crap. <laughs> uh, so basically we listened to their ideas and just added uh, stuff in the game and changed the controls and added new way of controlling your ship on of selecting things and everything and then it was just too cluttered and then we tried to just notch it uh, uh, take it a notch down and just try to make it as user friendly as we can but we still do have some negative reviews in the game uh, regarding those controls people get confused by it because you have several ways of as you said controlling the camera controlling the ship and those things can be just separated so you can cycle through uh, camera views you can cycle through camera modes you can uh, just there's uh, a, lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of choice yeah, the choice, yeah. I believe, is to help the player get used. They, there's no wrong way to control the ship, in my humble True, opinion. and that was the idea. It was the idea to give as many options as we can give yes. players to just find what suits them the best. Yeah. Uh, but it can get confusing for the new players, and they do get confused, and they have a hard, have a hard time of finding that best uh, best setup for 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 them yeah. and sometimes they don't even know that they can do something and did you pri uh, try to press the v button oh look cool <laughs> i can just uh, turn the, the ship uh, around its center axis now or yeah so it's a confu it's confusing yeah. at start but the idea was uh, to give as many options as we can so everybody can mix and match and find what the uh, what it suits them best i just change my system depending on what i'm doing you know i i if i'm yeah, fighting my fighting you, you probably look, well, actually, you wouldn't judge. But if I was, if you'd standing behind me watching me, you'd be, oh, right, he's doing it that way. That's fine. Yeah, of course. He's of course, it's fine. Yeah. There's, there's no right or wrong way. You wouldn't be judging me going, no, don't, don't do like this, do like that. You wouldn't do no, it. No, of no course. Does no, no, no. Does no. It doesn't work that way. You go, well, that works for him. And that's yeah. fine. I mean, I, I am killing stuff, but in my own way, using the systems that I have available that of you've course. given me. And it's like, well, I'm comfortable doing it like this. So I'm going to do it like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if we were so sure of the, 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 the right way to control the ship and the right way to play the game, uh, then we wouldn't be in early access. We would just make, make, yeah. make the game our way and we said, would, yeah. just play or don't play. We don't yeah. give that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, no, I, I appreciated it. But you give credit. You, give, um, you, you credit the players with intellect, which I'm seeing more and more in, in video games these days. More and more developers are actually realizing that actually – you know, a lot of players are not intimidated by a 14-button controller anymore. <laughs> you know, they yeah, can well, pick one up and go, I want this and this and this, and it's fine. 
You know. Well, we are talking about space games, yeah. uh, not Call of Duty, and no. I have to say, not Call of Duty because I did enjoy first two Call of Duty or three, but after Modern Warfare, I just said, okay, screw this game and <laughs> its community and everything. I, I was uh, in the, I was in the no offense, no offense to to Activision, but yeah, oh, yeah. I just I just got fed up with the both both the game and community. Um, <laughs> And we are talking about space gamers. Space gamers are different. Space gamers are mostly uh, people who are older and who grew up on Wing Commander, on Elite, on uh, Bridge Commander, Starfleet Command. And they're used to having games that are uh, uh, really difficult to, to, to get a hang of controls yes, it's and part to of the learn. Experience. It's part yeah. of the experience. You know, yeah, part so, of the... so we were blessed with that kind of mature veteran community. Uh, I'm sure we would not get uh, this many suggestions if we had a younger community with no offense to younger players, but those mature players are just tend to be more tolerant and patient and have uh, more creative ideas, uh, while younger players are mostly uh, less patient and they just want everything right now. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a tempo of life uh, in modern world. It, it's changed. It's not something that I judge. It's just something that it's a, is a fact. Speaking of complications, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, I want to talk about navigation. Um, navigation in the game is via a series of hexes on a 2D map. Yeah. Navigation is via both points both known and discovered by the player as they fly through space. Can you talk us how that evolved and how it developed? Well, first we had a simple star chart, and it was a, it was a question: Will can we make this work in a two D plane on the star chart and in three D space uh, in the game? Mm-hmm. And actually, we could because uh, if the if one planet is let's say up on the axis and the other is down yeah. uh, on star chart, if you press as a waypoint to go to that. Uh, to that other planet, your ship will just go there, and your ship doesn't mind if it's up or down or left or right. So uh, it was not that uh, difficult. The the more problems we had because some people wanted to have uh, an active map, so they wanted to have uh, stuff moving on the map real time, and that's something that we changed from beta to to the release. And uh, so far, we had just. Uh, positive uh, reviews on that and positive feedback on that uh, because it's cool you're doing uh, those uh, micromanagement uh, thingies on your map sending uh, civil fleets to do their job uh, merging your newly uh, newly manufactured fleet with your older one uh, while you are traveling to, yeah. to point from point a to point b uh, and you're currently you're uh, constantly uh, seeing your ship and you can see where it is at any given time so you have an active map and that's something that was not easy to do but uh, we did manage to implement it and it works uh, smoothly for now excellent excellent yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk about because it's one of the things that struck me as one of the most well implemented systems that you've got there I know exactly where I am and it's a big big map you can zoom right out and go oh my god <laughs> It's yeah, cool. it yeah. goes on and on. It's huge. It's a huge game. Um, I want to talk. Well, about- people, yeah. I blame. I blame our community. Yeah. <laughs> As I talked before, <laughs> community is to blame for everything because they said we want a bigger space than in Starpoint Gemini Two. So we said, okay, let's 
make a bigger map and it turned out to be nine times bigger yeah. and then they said yeah but we want the ships to scale better and to have the the, the wow feeling uh, of those uh, mammoth ships like carriers or dreadnoughts right so we rescaled the whole game and it, everything looks uh, bigger and more massive and the space is bigger everything is just bigger in in warlords and that was also one of community requests so we said why not <laughs> Speaking of large ships, combat seems to do when the amount of times I've played it. Shields play a huge play a huge role in in, yeah. in, in the combat, and um, they basically you have to hit the same area of shield on the ship and then penetrate its hull. Yeah, yeah, and then try to use uh, rail guns or um, heavy weapons because people just spam heavy weapons uh, from the start of the fight and they. Yeah, and they say, yeah, but heavy weapons don't do any damage. Well, they do, but you need to penetrate the shield first. Yeah, they do yeah. massive damage to, to, to enemy hull. Also, the same thing is with railguns. They are better uh, for, for the hull, and beams are better for shields, and plasma weapons are a middle ground, let's say. So the question I have is, um, how was this? How did that develop? Was that, again, the community um, creating it? Was it something from the previous games? Tell us how that sort of came to be. Oh, it, it, that, that part was our idea to have uh, weapons that uh, do uh, different kind of damage on different... Uh, I mean, you have sh uh, shields in uh, uh, Star Trek and you have beam weapons that penetrate those shields in Star Trek and then you have photon torpedoes that just blow everything they up. Do. They do. Those yeah. things are lethal. I mean, so all those things were uh, all those games and TV shows and everything was exp uh, was uh, influenced for just making that uh, core mechanic that you have three kinds of light weapons that do uh, damage to different kind of uh, ship systems or let's say shield or hull and then you have uh, of course heavy weapons that just do massive damage to to um, ships that do not have shields anymore uh, so that's something that evolved over time and was balanced but it was a core mechanic okay. i think even from the first first game if i remember correctly yes yeah that's uh, it's a fas fascinating way of doing things rather than just having a nebulous shield way around it, it reminded yeah. me a little bit of x-wing where you could put power to the rear shields or the 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 front of the four shields to actually um to balance your weapons and stuff before you it's very complicated far too complicated for what it is. but <laughs> yeah it was, it was almost impossible i mean we would like to have that but uh, it was almost impossible but uh the the fact that you have uh, energy distribution uh between uh, shields engines and weapons yeah. uh, that you can't have by uh, Mouse, uh, mouse overing the the, the minimap yeah. was a community suggestions. It was suggested by our veteran player Tal Maru, and it was his suggestion in Starpoint Gemini 2 to have that energy distribution. Yeah. And he said, yeah. "Well, I want to travel faster, but then in combat, I would like to kill them faster." Yeah. So we implemented that. That was not our idea, for example. Uh, it was just a community suggestion that was that just seemed fantastic and logical, and we just. Put it in Starpoint Gemini 2. Of course, uh, Starpoint Gemini Wallets inherited that feature from SPG 2. The last question, then. I know all good yeah. things come to an end, but you've done very well. But uh, yeah. this is about the RPG element of Starpoint mm -hmm. Gemini Warlords. Um, so, the progress, I believe, you may disagree, but one of the means by which progress is measured in um, Warlords is um, by the power and flexibility of the player's ship. 
the main yeah that's true line. that's true how have you balanced the game against those who are rather adept at min maxing assuming you know what i mean by that <laughs> well uh balance is a constant um uh, evolving feature right. or i don't know it's not a feature i mean it's a right. game balance but yes. we are constantly tweaking it listening to players uh we still have people who think the game is a bit too hard on easy and we have people who would like something a bit more or harder than extreme right so uh you have whole that spectrum of players judge uh ranging from uh people who just can beat anything because they're new to, to to the game. They don't know how to control their ship, how to utilize their weapons, and of course equipment or skills. And you have people that just go through the game uh, like knife through butter, and they don't have any problems with enemies. So it's a constant, uh, constant changing thing. Uh, on every update, we at least have some things that we uh, changed in game balance to make it uh, better. After, of course, community feedback. Uh, and every new feature that we implement also uh, challenges that game balance and we also uh, currently have to, to do that uh, rebalancing again and again. And uh, we are working on first DLC which will come up uh, later this month and it will be a bounty DLC. Uh, it, will be, it will be called uh, Dirty Dozen and I think this is the first time uh, I publicly set the name. Uh, because I think it was decided like tomorrow, uh, today morning or yesterday evening, something okay. like that. Uh, and actually, uh, we always try to give people something to do in free content updates. So uh, the bounty mechanic and uh, searching for clues, searching for your targets and several bounties will be available as a free update in base game. Uh, but what we will uh, add with the DLC uh, is several extra ships that were requested again by community. I blame them, blame them for everything. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, because they said, give us some of our old uh, ships from SPG2. We are nostalgic. We want to play with some of our old ships, popular ships. So we, said, we decided to implement uh, several hard bounty targets that will uh, have those unique ships. And the only way to get those ships would be to capture uh, those those uh, bounty targets. So they will have their storylines. Uh, they will have their unique ships that will that will not be available anywhere in Gemini except on those targets. And I'm talking about three targets with three different ships. Nice. So just one of each of those ships will be available in game, and you will have to capture or kill that target to get the ship. Mm. Uh, and that that's something that we will add with DLC. Uh, but the bounty mechanic as uh, a feature will be added for free in, uh, in as a content uh, update. Fantastic. That's something that we did from from Starp and Gemini uh, too. We we just try to to keep uh, even the base uh, game base game players. We try to keep them engaged and give them something new to play with uh, with each new update. Uh, not just uh, make them or force them to buy DLC to enjoy the content. DLC will just add to the content, but even even the base uh, game players will be able to bounty hunt and um, hunt da hunt down those targets uh, all around the Gemini. Awesome, awesome. That's, that's yeah. a great add-on and great response to that, that that struggle for any RPG maker. Like, how do you stop those those power players? Well, you can't really. Um, if they if that's how they like to play the games, and that's how they like to play them. Um, yeah, I mean it's a single-player game, so yeah. everything they do. Uh, 
they just do for themselves yeah. and they can uh, I mean we have people that like to well I, I won't say cheat because um, you're only only uh, you're only cheating yourself if you modify the game but the game is open for modding so we have fantastic modding community uh, and uh, of course that some of those mods are cheating mods that add resources that add uh, experience points or money right. but uh, I have to say that uh, cheating mods are not that high on uh, the Steam Workshop list. Uh, we have more mods that are like uh, different uh, character portrait specs or uh, sound changes or uh, new ships from uh, people's favorite TV shows or series, and I won't name them no, here. No, but no, no, no. You, just... you, you pretty, uh, pretty much know <laughs> what games or series we are talking yes, about. So basically we have a strong uh, gaming community, uh, uh, sorry, a modding community. And uh, the game is open for everyone. So if you modify your game in any way, then you're just cheating on yourself. We are not multiplayer games, so it's yeah. not unfair to anybody but yourself. You're ruining, ruining your own experience. Or maybe you're maybe not. not. Maybe, maybe you, you like, want to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's so sure. we do not judge that. I no, mean, no. if somebody wants to, to play as... Uh, I don't know, to, to get his emperor up yeah. uh, and running uh, quickly and then just uh, roam around uh, his galaxy. Everything. Well, yeah, that's, that's also that's, a way to play. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's not where and, and we had a guy, we had a guy on uh, the forums who actually befriended the uh, all galaxy. I think he just killed the pirates. But all other factions are his friends and the whole Star Trust is green. So... Uh, basically, it's also one way uh, that you can play this game. He yeah. just did not use violence. I mean, pirates are pirates and they're scum and they needed to be uh, exterminated. But anyone else, he didn't bother. But yeah, but anyone else, he didn't attack them. He became his friend and they were and they are still sending him resources as gifts. Uh, I mean, that's one way to get resources. The other is to just conquer them and exploit uh, the asteroid fields or planets or everything. So uh, that's also a way uh, to play the game. And uh, I was amazed to see his approach and that screenshot. Uh, and it just shows that you really have uh, have a choice in the game. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is forced on you. So, Zeno, it's, it's been fantastic chatting to you about this awesome game. Starpoint Gemini Warlords, uh, or just Warlords. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, it's out on Windows PC. Anything else planned, or is it just on Windows PC at the moment? Uh, well, we do have a plan to release uh, Starpoint Gemini Warlords on Xbox One in February uh, next year. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's already, uh, everything is already talked with with Microsoft and we had a good reception of the game on Xbox One because Xbox One, unfortunately, does not have many space games. Uh, I think they do have Rebel Galaxy, they have Elite Dangerous, but not that many games. No, so no. Uh, Star uh, Xbox One players really like Starpoint Gemini yeah, too. Yeah, so after the release of the Scorpio, apparently. Yeah, yeah. true, true. So that would be an interesting environment for the Xbox to be because... Last generation, they were the kings, and now yeah. it's not so much. And it's like, well, what's going on, Microsoft? So, yes, you're right. There's a there's a there's a dearth of uh, space games on the on the on the uh, on the Xbox. So. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that we are working on. So, uh, Xbox One version. Okay. Uh, we are also working on uh, this DLC, and we have planned another DLC for the end of next month. So there will be some DLCs in the coming month uh, that we will release pretty close one uh, one to uh, 
to each other. But uh, we are also adding, as I said, free content with each DLC for base players. So DLCs are adding to the game, but they're not mandatory to play. And not having them will not ruin the experience no. of a player. But, uh, yeah, so but it, it wouldn't hurt yeah, it either. Add. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And... Uh, we are also thinking about continuing uh, to work on our VR version of Warlords. Right. But because the market was changing constantly and it was either Vive or Oculus or both uh, and the prices were jumping up and down. So we just put it on all ho on hold and said, let's just do the game right and we'll talk about VR later. So that's something that's under discussion now because uh, having a space game in VR, it's I mean, it's perfect match. It is. Space it is. in VR is a perfect match. But... Um yeah, I mean, I've only got the PlayStation VR, which is, I say only, it's a great system. I have a, have a pro with it, uh, and it works very well, very well. Um, but uh, you're right, it's uh, the hardware required to own a VR system for PC is uh, not, not, yeah. not easy, and it's quite expensive. Oh, you need a lot of USB ports, <laughs> dozens of them, <laughs> in order to get it to work. Yeah, for controllers, for Wi-Fi, yeah, for everything, yeah. It's quite extraordinary. So... Um, it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you very, very much for sharing your thoughts and opinions about um, uh, Warlords and the ZX Spectrum, which I didn't expect. Uh <laughs> yeah, thank you for inviting me. I mean, it's always nice to, to <laughs> talk, ab talk about my memories yeah, and yeah. my childhood, yeah. <laughs> I hope you got something out of it. I did, certainly. Uh, sure, and, sure. And um, you're more than welcome to come back on to talk about your next adventure, whatever that may be. Uh, sure. And, uh, but in the meantime, thanks very much. Yeah, I would love to come back anytime. So, yeah, it was a blast. I had a blast. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer and you listen to this show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, should we say, of spong.com. Bye!